Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. I am your host today, TJ Van Toll, and with me on the panel, I have Paige Niedringhouse. Hey, everyone. And Jack Harrington. Hello, everybody. And our special guest today is Sean Austin. Sean, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Hey, so Sean, maybe you could start by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, why you're famous, uh, what we're talking about, all those good sorts of things. Sure. Famous is a... Uh... Is the one I use only a, only a little bit now, but hopefully uh, hopefully more so after this podcast. <laughs> we um, so I mean my career has been all in actually mostly product technology, right? Very much around software, uh, trying to go up the ladder for impact and actually just make better products. In the end of the day, so it started not to go too deep in the weeds, but uh, just a tiny bit about me is you know apps actually is where I started. So the trends of apps, I I think got lucky for my my year of birth where I came right when Android got launched. And there was this huge like tsunami wave. Now I find myself seeing it with uh, AI and actually working on a voice AI company that's very much around audio. So kind of the the yin to the language side, like the yin to the yang. And uh, a lot of experiences from Spotify to Klarna in, in Sweden and just software products and trying to build startups. It's very cool. We, we had a, a sort of prediction show at the end of the year and we predicted our theme of the year was AI. Mm. And I believe it might've been Jack too, that said, like, if you're starting a startup right now, AI is like the place to be, right? So I'm assuming you were listening to our podcast and following, <laughs> following our advice. It sounds like you nailed it oh, uh, the FTC perfectly. Just put out a warning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could start by just telling us, you know, what, what got you personally interested in this space, right? Like, and maybe then lead that into like, what it is you're doing uh, now, like what, 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 company you're working on, what sort of product you're offering, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I feel like uh, you, you definitely nailed it, though, with that prediction. So I can't wait for what's coming this year. I, I need to make sure I, I'm getting the uh, insider information on it. But we, or I actually, I mean, my co-founder and I, when I say we, we, we thought about AI and like basically the terms of big data. So just how can you drive intelligence since AI has been a term for for quite some time. We thought about it like from big data intelligence, right? What's what's possible with all this data that's available and the fact that now compute. Um, so thinking about trends, thinking about it from that layer, and I am totally biased towards audio because uh, now 10 years ago was in the first acquisition with Spotify. So really like my 20s were around big data with Klarna, audio with Spotify for about four years. Um, and for me, it's like, so I'm just sort of... Uh, was exposed to it right, right quite quite a bit, but I've heard the term AI a lot. I actually now feel like it has a whole new whole new meaning. Like language now is is front and center for AI, but that um that trend was definitely one that's been around for a bit. It was growing, it was accelerating. The idea that you can like mine information to get intelligence from it or higher level insights was available, and then you know, back to the audio lean. So we um try to do uh try to do something in voice AI that's not been done. So what we focus on. And with Helios, so Helios Life Enterprises is the startup, which has been around for a couple of years. We um, focus on the tonality, so the sound of voice, not the language. So when you think about this conversation, huh. ask me a question about the future, I may or may not have a lot of confidence in my answer, right? Like CEOs are always trying to be confident um, or trained to be in their words as confident as possible, like everything's rosy, right? So we sort of had this... this um, aha moment where we said, well, if you could get to the tone of voice, it's not so much, is it like a polygraph, but it's more, can you supplement your understanding of that CEO who's saying, we're going to ship 550,000 cars uh, out of China next year, right? Like there's a layer of 
understanding we get as human beings that we all know from sarcasm to, you know, more confidence or everything in between that tone of voice is a, is a big chunk of the message. So we got, you know, that that's how it started. Um, we've luckily signed up some really large hedge funds and we uh, believe all of finance really needs this supplemental information. Fascinating. So how do you prove that you're actually finding out any additional information? Yeah, without getting, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right, right. So a lot of wishful thinking early on because it's a science (laughs) endeavor. But uh, the big piece is customers coming back and actually purchasing this from us over and over again, you know, like renewals. So what we've done is focus on the customer side. Oh, I think I jumped again. I'm not sure what's happening with that audio. Yeah, yeah you might need to, you yeah, might need to just start we'll, from we'll the edit this. You might want to just start with that with that answer from the top. Yep. Uh, which is weird because let me see if I can like take some off Wi-Fi. So that um, yeah. So how do we know it's accurate? Can, like, starting from there, we have tried so many different ways of simulating portfolios. So when you think about accuracy in the space, it's can you take a portfolio a way that's basically how do you trade these securities, uh, these companies and make it better. So there's a lot of a lot of math and a lot of testing that can go into that. And actually, probably the best indicator is a customer coming back, you know, a very large customer coming back and buying this again, right? So they won't tell you how they do their portfolio. But what they will tell you is we want to buy that again. So luckily, we've mm-hmm. had uh, very high renewal rates. We have done a ton of internal testing. And now for the first time, <clears throat> we actually have handed this off to like research universities and some other uh, very capable sort of like uh, third parties. You can think about it, not clients, but third parties who can who can check us. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, a big piece of this year. So we've you know seen all the the first two. This research piece is, is new for us, but all the um, all the indicators and signals are there that there's certainly accuracy there. I mean, there's there's some numbers on like how accurate or how valuable we've seen, you know, 60 bips could be generated on a single trade as a anyone who's looking at finance sort of like basis points. But it's um, new. And that's, I guess, maybe the last thing I'll mention to it, like 38% of a message is voice tone. So if you have new information, you have a higher chance that, you know, no one's trading on it because it's new. And that gives you an opportunity to um, make, you know, make something right, make it make it valuable. I don't know if I totally follow that exactly though because that what i'm like with my experience with ai models is you you have to tell it like if you're building an image recognizer you have to say this is a cat image so that it knows this is a cat and then you have to say this is not a cat image so it knows that it's not a cat i would think with voice though like there has to be some level of you have recordings of people like lying and you say this is a lie or people like confident but they're not confident and i'm curious like what the training process is like for that sort of thing and how you manage to capture that yeah right well so it's a great point there's two lenses or two angles we went into it one is emotions there's tons and tons of labeled data in the world like open source scientists or scientific data sets where you can determine emotions so if you want to be descriptive about this call well, actually, we're, we wouldn't be the only ones who could stand this up. We're not the only ones who've done it. But actually providing it for the financial you know, setting and on the right corpus of audio, we uniquely do. But the emotion part to so your labeling or your training question, there's a ton out there that people interested or, or have done, right? Which allows you to think about any use case for audio. And that's valuable for people who are looking at these calls, right? So if you have an interview with TJ and you're on CNN, you know, CNBC, you know, what's your emotion on it? I can make a judgment as a person, but I'm not 
you know, being trained on a hundred thousand labeled uh, samples. So maybe I'm not as good as if the machine told me it was uh, excitement, you know, or confidence, right? As the as the emotion. So that's more of the that's the simpler one, but a valuable piece. The predictive nature of what we do, which is a forecast, like a model, right? A traditional model. That was a uh, very. I mean, that's what our secret sauces is like a matter of like unsupervised learning looking at all these financial metrics that exist so we know we know historically for 20 years we have audio files we know how companies have performed but performance is like thousands of different variables we have essentially built the models and the measurements all around those so you think about like you know what is the highest level uh value uh it would be stock price but if you can dig in deeper you know could you predict 30-day returns? Could you predict 60-day, et cetera, et cetera? So that process, actually, to your point, is not trivial. <laughs> it takes a lot of compute. It's been a lot of uh, basically trial runs. And finding that you know formula where you can say that this actually is valuable audio measurements and valuable audio tone um, is why I think a lot of people haven't done it. <laughs> there was a lot of investment money um, or decent amount of investment money, essentially millions of dollars have been spent to uh, to build those models. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around how the, how this exactly works. I guess one question that I have for you is you said that there's, you know, 20 years worth of audio that you can use to kind of learn and start to train the models and things like that. Is there a central location where you can access all of this or is it really kind of a cobbling together of I don't even know where you go to get data this far back to start start kind of iterating on <laughs> yeah so that's another great question so that is exactly what i thought when we started <laughs> so where do you get this big audio set because if we do it on a year and you do it on 50 companies it's like you, you know okay you might as well not do it it's a not <laughs> not interesting output so what we found is there's a, so we have a relationship and have now for three and a half years with a company called FactSet. So FactSet is, you know, think of like a Bloomberg competitor. Um, I think that actually even as old as Bloomberg too, but slightly smaller than Bloomberg, but huge, you know, public multi-billion dollar organization for financial services, a big, big platform, uh, data platform, right? So they actually pipe us this audio systematically. So we acquire it from them. We were the first customers to ever acquire it from them. And they're also the only company ever to offer it in an enterprise feed. So wow. that uh, that was also a little bit lucky, but we uh, <laughs> uh, definitely get a, a nice bill from them, which is worth it. But we get this audio, just raw, think about it, like MP3s, right, is what we pull in. But to your question, Paige, it's a systematic method. So it's not us crawling the web. It's not like, you know, unstructured. It's very structured and it's from the corpus that people care about, which is earn mostly earnings calls, you know, US earnings calls. So that comes in and then we do all the layering on top of it, which is uh, TJ's question, right? Tons of different training, a lot of call it like trial and error through unsupervised learning. And now uh, some higher order things like emotion classification, all to help people understand these calls in a way where like, I, you know, I listen to a lot of earnings calls because I almost have to, right? But I'm still not <laughs> listening to 100,000 hours. You know, that would be like, a, sure. I forget, uh, isn't that like years? I think it was years of life or something. So I have a couple, maybe 100, maybe hours at this point. But what our big pitch is, is like, wouldn't you want the machine who has, we're up to 365,000 hours as, as part of our model? You couldn't even listen to that. Several people couldn't listen to that, I think, in like lifetimes, you know, realistically. So it's a support 
like a decision support, you know, system here. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, anyway, so that answered the audio corpus question because that certainly was a big one for us. So what does this look like? Like if I'm on the other end of this, if I'm the guy that wants to make decisions based on this, like is it is there a do is it like a video where it's like I'm watching this CEO talk and I was like, nah, this guy's this dude's lying. This dude's yep. lying. You big, know, big whatever, red. Uh, big the red. screen gets yeah, red. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> so start shaking. Sirens go off. captions. Expect half that number. You know. <laughs> it just, it just ter- terminates the connection, actually. It goes one step further. It just stops, <laughs> right, stops exactly. the discussion. Automatically disinvest you. Cut them off. We, uh, I mean, maybe one day it gets incorporated into like, uh, you know, um, what's, what's the thing I just saw from chat GBT with um, Microsoft? Like, the, didn't they incorporate in the like the robot now, too? Like they had that like Android that was oh, you were able to talk Bane to with the responses in the Bane. Oh, oh, really? Bane. Yeah. So I think like, oh, uh, my gosh, maybe when you're like, you know, these things are going to be then you talk to it. Right. You don't need to type it. There's probably a world where your tone <laughs> is is in there. But so right now to answer, you know, very specifically, it's a representation of voice so it's a very non-sexy answer jack <laughs> it's a set of data around for instance you on a call it would be 204 values of you speaking so it's a total data science product which is why i use the word uh, not non-sexy but it's definitely unique and then what we're doing though for the emotion classification and trying to really hit like mass scale and, and dress it up as it were is the disgust versus confidence versus neutral, right? Like these emotions are, are un- unhappy, whatever, you know, I forget the top 10, but there's a 10 emotions kind of agreed upon in the world. So we don't make those, but we can now start to say, you know, Jack's confident on this call. So that is getting closer to a UI because then we can basically, sh- you know, show that in cool ways. We can show it on our website, for instance, you can buy a, you know, like a very light product from us, so web product. You could get a more sophisticated dashboard from us, which we are offering now. Or if you want to get blade, you know, raw data, because you're a data scientist, you get that, which is a more, you know, expensive enterprise product. So I want to go back to the data just a little bit. The, I'm curious a little bit on the how, because my thought was, if you gave me 100,000 hours of MP3 files, I would have absolutely no idea what to do with it. And I don't know if you can share how much, like, are you using any, tools to do some of this processing are you like like hand rolling all of the the ai processes yourself and kind of the the idea behind my question is i'm also keeping in mind like a listener listening to this and has their great idea for their great like ai projects so i'm curious any recommendations you have for people that might have like this sort of idea but are kind of overwhelmed and don't know where to start and where to go yeah, well, I guess it would apply maybe even generally to maybe product and AI, but definitely I can speak to the voice part to to start with the um, the end end of that question, TJ. Like, you can validate a lot of this without having to actually consume a whole bunch. I think, right? Like, a very standard, almost like product thinking. So I would that that's a real recommendation, which maybe is an obvious statement, but certainly like understanding the corpus of audio, uh, even just a couple, thinking about who would actually derive intelligence from it, and it doesn't have to be tonal. That um that I would definitely recommend to kind of like go backwards the tool chain. I couldn't give you a good ones because it's all blade basically. Like you think about like um, basically all data science tools, like nothing really audio centric. The closest one is a company called Deep Grammar investigating using now. So they're a, a sophisticated 
um, ASR platform. So, and there's a bunch of those, I guess, you know, even technically uh, OpenAI does that now too. But DeepGram gives you things like they'll summarize a call. So very much language-based, not tonal anything. So language with tone is important, but for a real recommendation, we've evaluated a lot of these types of platforms and they're very um, competent. They're, they're um, you know, an entity. They've also raised a bunch of money, so they'll be around, I think, hopefully for a while, but they're just, uh, yeah, a proficient platform in, in the space. And who knows what they'll what they could launch in the future too. So that um, but for us, we're just starting to look at how to incorporate them to make us better. Most of our pieces are think about it like blade data science um, tooling. You know, even you know like R scripting or or MATLAB or you know just all these different TensorFlow items. We've tried a lot. We have some experience with them, and we use um, you know, we have a big Google Cloud infrastructure to process the audio. So that um. That's why I started with the advice, I think, is before diving into all of it, which we did do before we built all this, there's a place to validate a lot with the audio. I think it's a blue ocean, right? It's very, if you get into tone, it's very new. We know people are doing, like Sunday Health is doing early onset Parkinson's detection from voice tone because you can't get that from language. You have people thinking about like customer service, um, tonality, right? Because if you're responding to anything, right, and you sound annoyed, the layer of how angry you are could be like uh, exacerbated through tone, which I'm sure we've all, I've certainly, I'll speak for myself, I've certainly experienced it and smashed the zero part of my uh, touch screen <laughs> till my finger finger hurts. But that uh, those sort of things could like make a lot of difference, we think, at scale. We don't do any of them right with the finance part, but I would, you know, definitely encourage and I try to get into the voice community um, with, with, a, with a, like Project Voice is one of them. There's an open source um What's it called? Oh, uh, it's a it's a Linux foundation, which I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's an open open voice uh, network, I think. Ovon, O V O N, is the is the name of it. So there's ways for anyone in voice to certainly dig in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely encourage it because we want we see it like exploding soon, right? It's it's starting to happen. <laughs> so are you only doing English language right now? Or are you trying to do different languages and the tonalities that come with those? Because I'm thinking specifically of like Chinese, Mandarin, and Cantonese and things like that, where tone is so, I mean, even the tone of a word means something different. So I'm curious if you've yep. started to go into that yet, or if you're just sticking with a single language for the time being. <laughs> So, so our product right now is only the U.S. for almost exactly the reasons you said. It's uh, well, it's the language we speak. My co-founder speaks a couple languages. Actually, he does speak some Mandarin, but he uh, is not proficient in them except for German and English. So, the that's a piece of it. The tooling that we're familiar with, also just like any use DeepGram as an example. Everything we've seen is U.S. centric because I think where we are. But um, also for us, the hedge funds and the customers are mostly US based. So all the liquidity and all the market really is US based. It's, it's, I think, something like 70%. So yes, there's foreign entities and hedge funds and, and asset managers that deploy capital, but basically the calls are in English. But with that being said, we're trying to look at even like open AI system is one we're looking at on how we can get to those other languages. So those are extremely exciting, I guess, partially scientifically, because it's like, that'd be pretty cool. But also, there's a part of the market that has asked us. Um, so yeah, we've actually even to the point we've pitched this week or I pitched this week for, with um, Hong Kong Science Technology Park, which is looking to bring and help expand or help companies expand into APAC, you know, into Hong Kong as the kind of initial hub. So 
is very much in front of us. You know, we hope that um, that relationship will progress. But there's a huge, yeah, there's a pretty big opportunity, not as big, but it's a huge opportunity and a lot of things to figure out, <laughs> a lot of things to figure out to, like you said, to get tone across language because it's not a direct one-to-one for everyone. Well, I think from the the listener perspective, they may like that's super cool. But when it comes to me as a React developer who you know is working on the front end, there's been a lot of talk about how with AI, there's big opportunities for us as front end developers to put like a UI on this thing, an experience on this thing. Yep. So now you know you've seen a lot of this. You know you've you struggled with this. I'm guessing you know your customers are like ah whatever. You're giving me 40 values. What the heck does this mean? Kind of stuff. Like, how do you work with UI developers to, or what are you looking for in terms of like putting a, a face on this thing? Yeah, I, I think the most important part is like very important question. And you're right. Like one we personally struggled with is that's where all the opportunity is, right? Like taking, I can, yeah, I can exactly. literally say 1% is the data scientist right now for what we do which is where we needed to start. And you can think about like, well, maybe you don't need to build the engine. Maybe you can use, maybe literally, maybe you could use ChatGPT, all these front ends built around it, right? Then you can say like, well, is the mode as big or whatever? But I think there's certainly 99% of value to your question on making it consumable, making it understandable. We, I speak to that for years now with, with what we're doing at Helios, right? We know we're, we decided to build the engine. So now we spent all this time and, and think it's the right strategy. But all the opportunities, the front end. So what we've done, I mean, these are small examples, but we've partnered with companies that I can say are actually built in React and we actually use React on our website. So being such a you know flexible, common, actually not kind of the standard, right? That is uh, what we've yeah. done. So we've partnered yeah. and tried to build these dashboards. We've also now our website, you know, personally for us is a front end into this where we can say like the confidence is zero to a hundred on this call, right? And the representation of that, which sounds in one way, I guess, sounds like trivial, is actually the, totally the opposite. The simplification of whatever you use as your data or your, you know, engine is, I think, in most products, right? So you could certainly build it like yeah. we did, but that representation is all the opportunity. And I can, I mean, for us, we have not fully exploited it yet. We're certainly learning and working through how to make this just like totally consumable, um, but, which is all through a, a front end. Yeah, I'm thinking about those those times that like you're watching a politician talk and they've got like some group sitting in the back room that are like, you know, uh, on the right and the left or whatever, who are ha having a dial, right? And they're saying, oh, I'm happy with this. I'm not happy with that. And then literally on the screen, there's like this long graph of like, oh, they really like that or they didn't like that kind of thing. I mean, it seems like you could actually do this over time, right? Because you might be confident in showing up and saying, wow, we're a really great company. You know, the people here are great. But then when you get to like, oh, our product's actually going to ship, it's like, you know, yeah. like, it just hits the floor, you know. Those use cases, I mean, even ties into your previous question, <laughs> exposing it to other use cases isn't so much now for this backend system. I mean, there, there's definitely some. It's all about understanding the consumption patterns, like making it understandable, making it modern, making it look great. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's uh, just a really important point, you know, so we we personally want to go into those other domains. We know we want to start with finance. We want to get to investor relations and corporates. We think that's going to take reconfiguration, but the same engine um, to display it. Right. So definitely a little back end work. But we um, yeah, I mean, I just from my experience, it's just so important to think about how someone's going to consume it, you know, 
make it just an easy experience, right? Like easiest, simplest, (laughs) always always wins, always wins in the end of the day. Yeah, it's your what you're offering here is a little niche, right? Like, at least I would consider it niche, like just voice tone specifically in like an earnings and a finance world. And it it limits the potential a little bit, but I'm guessing it also makes it more accurate because like your data set is you're not consuming things from all different ways people talk, right? Mm -hmm. In different scenarios. It's like all the audio is coming from a, a, a similar type of input, right? It's like a bunch of a whole bunch of earning earnings calls, but I feel like that could help make the model potentially more accurate. Am I thinking about that right? Versus like, if you just took in like, general audio of anything that could be in a whole bunch of different formats ways of speaking and and what well yeah exactly i mean that is so we thought the formula for us early on like very early on before we built anything it was how do you think about a high value conversation like who's listening what's being what moves upon it and then to your exact question what's the structure so you'd want systematically it to be almost the same right which if you could think about it. Actually, earnings calls are very similar. <laughs> they start with introductions, which are very scripted. And then they have Q&A sections, which are, they try to be scripted, but are more freeform. And you, the time is actually even almost the same. They're almost always 60 minutes. So there's this very refined or contained environment around it, like a format, I think you use the word. But it's also very um, valuable, as we know, right? A lot of people trade a lot of dollars after earnings when they hear certain words. Some, I'm sure, are trading in a non-systematic way for the, or without having a decision tool, I should even say, without having some tonal tool. So they're hearing it with their ears and maybe they make a call. But if you could now push that 38% of a message, which is voice tone uh, across the board, you'd have like high value structured conversation. What we want to do is get to the other ones. Like <laughs> there's a lot of conversations out there we'd love to love to analyze. In my sort of limited experience with, uh, this sort of stuff has been a lot with image recognition. And I know that when you try to build a, a, a data set for something that can recognize something in an image, it's amazing the things that can throw it off almost instantly that you don't think about, like even just like the resolution of the picture, because like you train a model to recognize at a certain pixel density or whatever, and then you change the pixel density and unless you specifically train the model to account for that, it's going to be, it, it has no idea what that is. Like it, it, it gathers nothing from the previous one. And same thing, like I flip something over. Well, to like a human that looks like, oh, that's the same thing just upside down. But to like one of these models, it's like, what the heck is that? Right. <laughs> like it's, it's like a different pattern being thrown at it. So I imagine there's, that, that was kind of the, the, what I was thinking behind that question is like some of the consistency of the input can help when training some of these things. Cause I think sometimes with some of these AI processes, there's a tendency to um, have it solve all the problems in the world. Like, uh, which I'm sure we, we will probably get to at some point, but I, I, I kind of like these more niche um, offerings, or at least I think they're a good starting point for something to be building for the next few years. There's definitely a ton of, like you said, things that can throw off, a call just you, like an example i get asked all the time is what if i'm sick <laughs> what if yeah, I'm sick exactly. yeah. just having a bad day so yeah. that's where like context comes in for what we do quite a bit which is like we can't ever get directly into someone's head and know if they're told a 
memory that was true or false or they misremembered it or they their future expectations are different from, you know so there's there's um always context of these language is like we always talk about you want to pair them together because that's how we as as people understand it even body language is important but no one really does that yet on earnings calls so there's uh <laughs> there's certainly a ton of ton of things that can get you snagged up and i guess people listening or anyone thinking about it right i mean i can attest as you're saying too like in a different similar but different domain right of, of modeling there's a lot of very particular things that could be done it also almost goes back to the uh the other question right which is like are you going to build your own engine and it's, it's certainly very scientifically interesting it certainly could be more valuable which we believe right if you if you own that proprietary piece to it but there's uh i think a huge world that people could just you know, take things that are like is what we're seeing with ChatGPT, right? This whole very powerful engine that now people can reconfigure, skin it, think about other scenarios, and all of a sudden you get like this huge. I mean, right? The fastest company to 100 million users, I think, ever took a month <laughs> or something. It's just uh, a testament to a testament to how UIs can change everything. Um, yeah, and and one powerful engine can drive quite a bit. Okay, so I'm curious. Let's back up a second from before you were doing this startup. You said that you worked for Spotify and you worked for Klarna and you did sort of big data-ish stuff. But how, you know, this is a this is such an interesting and unique niche niche to be in. You know, how did how do you get started or how do you get the kind of experience that then comes you know, works out for a startup like this, because it's, it sounds so particular. So I'm curious, if you wanted to get started in something like this, what would your advice be? Or what kind of skills do you think somebody needs to have to do to be able to do this? Yeah, I would I'll answer it partially with we, um, or my, my background almost, I feel like forced me into it. Cause if I'm thinking of <laughs> Spotify, I'm listening to music all the time. We were running the largest, uh, North American programming. So I was, I think it was 55,000 minutes of music one year, which is like 31 days. So it was like the <laughs> number one on the planet of someone listening because of my job, but it was that morphed with the, their ML acquisition. So they bought a company for a hundred million, the Echo Nest, which powers their entire ecosystem now and, and continues to. Uh, and then Klarna was building an AI platform to do fraud and credit scoring basically across our whole network. So I, I mean, I guess for me, I mean, that all was very helpful. If I was to look back or, or talk with someone who's very interested in voice, I mean, I think it really starts with what what you know and voices everywhere, or conversations even, maybe it's not just voice, but you could think about um, where understanding can be like amplified through it. So not even voice, you know, voice tone specific, is it conversational analytics, which there's a lot of now tools that you can get access to voice tones a little, a little newer, but that, um, that world is like, I think just totally wide open. I mean, I've thought about like Alexa apps, even though they're still not totally, totally at the same level of like the app store, but there's quite a lot of Alexa developers, quite a lot of uh, integrations you can do with Siri now ChatGPT is all conversation, right? And that's a whole new world. So, I mean, I would start with, you know, the skill set would be, I mean, I guess it's more product or customer research or just your experiences on, you know, a domain of understanding that you could dig into. And then I would try to start mm -hmm. with tooling that is available. I think TJ asked the question too. Like, I would, I would, if you're new to it, I would not advise trying to make an engine. Just, there's some, uh, <laughs> some pieces there, <laughs> right? That uh, if it's new, it would be tough. But there are a lot of like resources besides people. I mentioned some of those communities 
there is a, clearly a trend that's happening and this only exploded now with conversation. And if you think either between using like the large language model tools or like, you know, Google's cloud system of tools or DeepGram system of tools, there's tons and tons of ways to like, again, like I think that was Jack's question, skinning like the experience starts with like, well, who am I trying to get it to? Is it is it podcast hosts? Like if it's podcast hosts, maybe you can just do a little reconfiguration and that would be really valuable for them, right? So it, I feel like it's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, those would be some good ways to think about it and, and start. Yeah, what do you think would be some easy entry points for folks who are just beginning in their career and they're like, okay, I see, I see the train coming. It's this AI thing, and I want to jump on board. What would be some easy off-the-shelf APIs? Obviously, they're not, they don't know how to train any of this stuff. They just want to go yep. and say, hey, look, you know, potential recruiter, I, I put some UI on this. I understand this. Yeah, what do you think? What, what would be your advice to that person? So the, the three that jump out around around voice, uh, again, not tone, but conversations or voice, it would be DeepGram's one of them. Sure. Not, to, not to plug them 50 times, but DeepGram is a, a really <laughs> well-established platform. Oh, go when ahead, you mentioned these tools, can you give like an example of the sort of thing somebody would build? Like if yep. I'm building like a simple project, even, even if it's just like, um, it's not like my super amazing business idea, but it's just like something I want to build just to see it. Like, in the React world, right, if I like the to-do list is the classic example. If I want to learn React, yep. the first thing you'll tell somebody to do is like build a to-do list. If you build a good to-do list, you'll know the basics and then you can go from there. So I'm curious when you bring up these platforms, if you give yeah, yeah. like an example, like what is the sort of thing I could do that like would be my springboard to then build my more complicated thing? Yeah. So so with a deep grammar, I'd use another one, symbol. Symbol AI is a sort of direct competitor with those guys. That um that app, right? That that like simple hello world almost type thing is around summarization and like detection of some of the topics. So their API will allow you to easily push audio and then using their API easily extract basically, you know, a handful of analytics from it. But building a yeah. non-black and white cube with the text, <laughs> I think would be a very interesting uh, first pass, right? Because their system is able, you're able to just, you know, get all the access to all the pieces you need. So you could easily make, I think, a really, like, for instance, really cool, like, mobile version is what my mind would go to. Like, you could definitely make a much better version than all the tutorials I've seen uh, or all the uh, sample code I've seen of that because, you know, every, everyone's on mobile anyway. So you could think about it that way. Uh, the other one with chat GPT would be just interfacing to it, I think, and being able to show you can, like, construct, um, like, a thread almost is interesting to me right like they they handle everything for you also because it's just so ev everywhere for ai now it almost i feel like you have to have some uh thinking on it you know so if you're building a an example you know working with react on it i mean that that to me is a very topical one like building conversation threads and again sort of like you know figuring out either some existing libraries for how you handle message threads but pulling that together could also look one, it could look better, but also you'd be interacting with ChatGPT in, in a certain way, which I think is, you know, just totally, totally needed. The, uh, I probably the coolest one, I think, is making a dialogue flow. So Google Cloud Platform has dialogue flow, which is a way to make voice apps. So it is mm. definitely a little more complicated, but it'd be like, do, do you want to make a Google Assistant app? So you actually need to... Uh, so there's there is an interface when I would think about how to build an interface to it. You do need to actually like, quote train it. It's not really directly like data training. Like it's more closer to chat GBT, but 
their system is interesting because you could almost show the thing in my mind without having done this. We want to. We have an Alexa app, but we use like a, a platform to build it. But you could, I think, very easily interface with Dialogflow and not only have now a voice, like, you know, headless or UI-less version, but the actual interaction to build that, to me, would be very interesting because it's all APIs. So, you know, I want to almost build like a voice app builder. You could show like um, almost like a back office admin, which I think is closer to your to-do list um, example. But you'd be using basically one of the best conversation, um, you know, app backends that exist out there and it's super cheap i mean i think virtually free because of google's you know if you're just starting all the stuff is essentially free and it's uh extremely i think flexible it's exciting stuff and one cool thing i think for our listeners if you have a web or react background is like i the the reason i think conversations like this are cool is because we as web developers have a little bit of a leg up from some people in that not only can we use some of these APIs, but we know how to build interfaces around them. And oftentimes it's not like uh, when you're using something that's like a generic platform, like your chat GPT, Google, Google Cloud, anything like that. It's not necessarily the, the, the engine underneath, but it's the unique thing you put on top of it. Like if you can just come up with a really fun UI of using that thing in an interesting way, oftentimes you can create something really cool and really valuable. We are, for the website that I mentioned, we are in that right now. So very practical is making our version of this data, the engine, right? All this, the crazy analytics, just in a very consumable, mobile-friendly way. We know how to do it, right? In, in a way, like technically we, we have people and, and some resources, but I mean, really like distilling it down to a, a great version of it, you know, it's it's super valuable back to the 1% versus 99. So totally, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's funny, we're, we're doing some of that right now, because we need to expand beyond the 1%. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I think with the world that's coming, I mean, there's going to be people who just build models and things like that. But access to it is, is definitely not going anywhere. You know, people need to still access it. There's a real art of taking something complicated, like sometimes almost the more complicated you're thing is the more value if you can distill it into something simple and usable like mm -hmm. i admire the people that can do that really elegantly because it is it is not easy absolutely 100 percent. so so sean do you think that there well do you do you or would you in the future potentially offer some sort of an api that people who wanted to build their own platform or dashboard or things like that could use to consume your data so this would be the one uh, direct Helios plug. We do have that. <laughs> so we do have <laughs> a tonal upload API that we're looking to actually build to all of our, you know, kind of the discussion, build the interface to it. So you actually could just go to the website, uh, buy credits or buy access and push push data instead of it being API. But we do have that. We've named it a really cool name, Mercury. But it's really around like getting a barometer of what people are, are thinking, right, through their voice tone. Uh, we do have one customer on it, which is really to... Um, just a unique relationship with this financial technology company and platform. But uh, it's there. I mean, it's not where you can just go get an API key from our website yet. But we <laughs> are, and that's why this is, I think, a really cool and important conversation is we're starting to now actually promote it, right? Like we want, and we have now, I, I want to say maybe like three kind of like private, private betas, but we could do a lot. I mean, our only bandwidth is just, I mean, it's basically um, the restriction is, is just the conversation right now. So it's easy for us to hand off API keys. It's not self-serve, but there's documentation. It's been used for years. Um, it utilizes our engine. So that, right, it's like the same engine that quants are using in a certain way. 
And yeah, for me, it'd be super exciting to have a lot of uh, a lot of people hammer it, even if it's just like fooling around with it and see what's possible. I mean, that's that is our vision of the future is to be that engine that you can get access to in certain ways. We just needed to start at some place, harden it in one domain before we, I think, felt comfortable that we should offer it up to everybody or could offer it, I should say you know, be confident in what we're offering up. All right. I have to, I have to ask a very meta question. (laughs) So you, you are a startup. So presumably you have investors uh, and presumably you brief those investors at some regular interval and is in a way that would resemble an earnings call. Uh, Do you, (laughs) do you run your own audio? It's it's, it's always hyper confident, which is weird. Always the cause <laughs> hyper no, we, <laughs> It's this new category that only actually shows up uh, on these certain calls. But we <laughs> we have been asked that. That's why it's a very it's a very funny but real question. We've gotten asked that. We haven't done it and then showed the report just because we really offer this blade, you know, blade system, right, for earnings calls. But I've been asked enough where what I can tell you, which is a little I, I don't think I'm in the same boat as this person, but it's the same example, is we're going to uh, release our review of SBF. So all the interviews we've done on Sam Bankman Freed, <laughs> we have, I think it's like a couple hours between oh, pre pre and post collapse. And we've spent oh, about three, three months going through it. And all, all I'll say is not hyper confident. It's a very interesting and I think impactful outcome. But I, I, now I've started to think of using like, is there like an early warning signal that could exist from voice tone if you listen to interviews or people talking or my investor calls for instance right if you had the same signal you know negative say just negative five on a scale right negative five negative five does that mean something over time and we're seeing that it probably does and that should be a pretty cool thing to um i think pretty cool thing i don't know it feels like it feels like the right article we want to word it correctly because it's not trying to predict liars or something but it definitely would make you i think dive in (laughs) dive in closer if you're seeing these um seeing these signals right seeing these negative signals oh that would be fascinating i would do that immediately (laughs) yeah sounds like you have somebody that's good at marketing there too because that's (laughs) i could see that being i I do this when i'm doing the marketing part so just yeah (laughs) but we have we have a marketing director who's great in the team but they they uh we've been asked i mean that's where that came from so it was actually funny we were just asked when it happened over and over and over and we've never done something like that, but it was, I want to say two dozen times probably when it first happened, they're like, you need to do this. You should do this. An investor texts me or someone on a, on a customer call. So we said, we'll do it. And the results are fascinating. So that's how that's like March. We're actually just finalizing the draft to go to uh, some outlets, some reporters. Ooh, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Sean, this has been fascinating. Uh, is there anything we've missed? Anything that's and I'll also toss it over to Paige and Jack if there's any final questions they wanted to ask, but any topics that you wanted to touch on that that we haven't brought up yet. I thought this was great and a totally unique lens because I love the, uh, as someone who has a computer science degree and did a lot of web development, it's like one of the reasons we're very interested in doing this. And to Paige's question, that API is really, I think, our future where we'd have a lot of builders and developers and front end and back end uh, using it. So just, uh, yeah, glad I was able to be on and have a great conversation with everyone. Awesome. Yeah, from pages that from a web developer's perspective, that's all we want. We want an API key, and then, then yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll Just start. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the, yeah. the, the handle. We'll take it from here. <laughs> Not even the documentation. Well, awesome. I'll figure it out. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's second. Yeah. Right. When I get stuck, I'll look for it. <laughs> You're right. 
I'll just ask. I just use Chat GPT for that anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that right. <laughs> Copilot. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, why don't we get into our picks, where we pick something fun, interesting from around tech, from around their lives, whatever. And Jack, do you want to kick us off with picks today? Um. Yeah. What was I thinking? Oh, I had a really good get, come back around me. Sorry. All right. Well, we'll go. We'll go to Paige. Okay. Uh, so my pick this week is going to be a show. Um, it's if you're familiar with the series Yellowstone, it's one of the spinoffs from it. It is the I think the newest one, which is called 1923, which follows the same family of people who are in Yellowstone, but in you know two three generations back. Um, where Mon- Montana is still quite uh, rural and Wild West-esque. So it's been really fun to watch. You know, there's more cowboys, there's Indians, there's there's even part of it is taking place in Africa. So if you like seeing some of the African wilderness at the same time, uh, I would say that it's as good as the original. And it really is some interesting backstory on the characters that you know and love from Yellowstone. So 1923 on the Paramount Plus channel is going to be my pick for this week. Awesome. Uh, My pick for this week, I'm actually going to pick two different apps. Uh, Both are apps that are offered by libraries. So one is Libby, L-I-B-B-Y, and the other is Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. And both of them are just apps that your local library probably offers one or both of them, where you can essentially borrow books and what I was interested in is audiobooks, actually, just for free. Um, just you can, if you head to your library, they might have other apps as well. But uh, if you are big into audiobooks, uh, both have both those apps have pretty surprisingly good players, and you can just listen to a bunch of free stuff just as long as uh, you just go in and borrow. It works kind of like any other library system. Uh, the library has so many copies. If no one has them, you can borrow them and just listen to them for free. So. Pretty cool system. Uh, Jack, I, did, did, you, did you find yours? I, I did. I did. Uh, yeah. So last night I was having a conversation with Bing. It was so really cool. Like I, uh, I got invited, you know, and, and it was awesome. They've got this cool new chat UI where you can just chat with the search engine. And we got into this long conversation about the Star Wars prequels and sequels. It was hilarious. And it's great. You know, I, I really enjoyed it was my first interaction where I really enjoyed it with an AI. It just I, I didn't want to stop talking to it. I just got the email that I was invited last night, so I got to get in. It made me use Microsoft Edge, though. So I was like, ah, maybe tomorrow yeah, I'll try it. It's OK. <laughs> I was weird. I actually I actually started there, but whatever. That's fine. I'm good with it. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what picks do you have for us? So I'll do, uh, it's like a mashup, but if I can do two, because it's related, uh, at least the same domain. So one uh, yeah. that I'm obsessed with it right now is The Last of Us on HBO Max. So that mm. is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's uh, based off a video game. The reason it's mostly cool to me, probably, is because I actually played that game when it came back way back when. But it's like a post-apocalyptic, you know, journey across the U.S. and and no no spoiler alerts, but definitely totally worth watching. I think it's almost like season finale time. But the other one is, uh, which I feel like I have to, is a app that mashes up voice, chat GPT uh, technology, and the fact it's an app, right? So it's called Oasis. Uh, right now, you have to request those O A S I S. 
I think you need to request it through their website and they give you like a test flight link immediately or Android, I think, but maybe it's iOS only. But basically what it does, and it's interesting for this conversation because it's a very light UI, but the version of it is you speak into it like your your musings, right? So it's just a big button to speak. Uh, so, so anything you want, kind of like a hmm. note taking, but it'll reformat, it'll output like 10 different versions that you can use from like a social media version of it uh, to a summarized executive version of it to a very <laughs> simplified version of it to a text message, like couple of word version. Mm-hmm. So it gives you all these like ways to discuss and understand it for where you need it to go. And I've seen it actually, I mean, I find it helpful already. I've had it for like two weeks, maybe. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like that ties everything together. So definitely check it out. I hope it's not iOS only because I feel like that'll that'll get me in hot water because I can't be to the Android group, but um, but worth checking out. And I guess if it's not on Android, maybe someone does an Android version of it. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sean, this has been a ton of fun. As a last question to you, I'd like to ask, like, if people want to follow you, uh, follow what you're doing, what's what's the best place for that sort of thing? So the best would be probably actually our website because we do quite a bit on press and then everything links out. So it's helioslife.enterprises. So it's the only dot enterprises you'll ever type in probably on purpose. <laughs> wow. I was going to say that's the But yeah, I couldn't do dot, uh, dot IO or something for uh, an AI company, I guess. That was, I don't know, too cliche. So that's the best spot. It has press on us. It has our links. Um, I mean, we're LinkedIn heavy. I'm on Twitter and things like that, but love to connect with any developers, front end, back end, anyone technical, because it's really about like uplifting a, a community and people who want to, you know, join in on it. Fantastic. Well, awesome. Yeah. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, this is an awesome chat. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us and see you next week. See you next time. See you then.